Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Coffee with Jim and James, a very special episode this week because we are recording live Too at the obvious. TG. I mean, it's, it's exciting. We're Someone just walked by and cracked me up. Well, they, they obviously had no clue what we were doing here. Oh, no. And they no. just gave us a look like, what are you guys doing? Right. Y'all in the right place? What are you guys, why are you guys talking to yourselves? Look, we have people taking pictures right here. I mean, it's, it's a bevy. We get used to it. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's been a long time coming. He has dodged my emails and texts for years now. Uh, I can say years. We've been doing this show for years. I, I was yeah. waiting for my rider to be approved, but here I am without a, uh, a contract. Cup, no contract. Don't coffee cup. You have a water. That's okay. We're all except, friends here. Except the water. Brian, uh, bring the uh, audience along. Let them know who you're with. Give them a little quick intro. You know your thing. Come on, elevator you've been, speech. You've been at a trade show. Before. I have a time or two, just a few. Do your thing. Yep. So I'm with Sapphire Gas Solutions. Um, we we had several names previous to that: Thickpin Energy, Thickpin Solutions. Uh, yep. Same basic. I used that joke That's all right. Nobody, nobody, will, nobody will get it. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no worries. Um, but anyways, so here promoting the TJ this week. Uh, our, our really our story for the last. Six years that I've been involved, probably three or four years prior to that, before I came on board. But uh, this idea of virtual pipelines um, in support of uh, pipeline operators um, and really any end user that needs natural gas at their burner tip. So, okay, let's break this down a little yeah, bit. So for this the- isn't fair because yeah. I'm sitting here with two nerds in this space. If I can be honest, we are, and I'm over here like. Just the guy trying to figure it all out. Now, like, what is a virtual say, pipeline? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I will say this, that I've, now I've been, so you and I have been in the industry, Brian, the same amount of yeah. time, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. That we've been here now this long. We're the old guys. We're getting there. But, um, so I've done, I've learned a lot. I've asked a lot of questions. And that's one space that I started, honestly, because of you guys, when we all work together. Yep. And just... I was fascinated by it. So can you all break down a little bit for the people who don't know virtual pipeline, some of that, because I know it helped me and I'm sure there's some people out there that'd be a little scared to ask. Maybe. Sure. Please. Y'all yes. Both geek out on that. Well, I want y'all to go on tangent. Well, so where do we begin, Ryan? Where do you want to begin? Well, I think it's worth mentioning you that. You were born. <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning that you were the one that. Give me a chance. To I did. Yeah. The natural gas. Let's lean in there. What does that mean? He asked me to interview on a Saturday for brunch, which I was like a Saturday interview. Yeah. It's very on brand. So, uh, so yeah, it's Jim. Jim hired me six years ago. Yep. And he was CEO of Thickpin Energy at the time. Um, we were an oil field services company at the time, so bringing in LNG mainly. Into the oil field, the Permian, Midland, Odessa. Liquefied, na- liquefied natural gas. Just to keep what? Just to keep rigs so running? It was to keep dual fuel rigs running. So at the time, uh, frack rigs, drill rigs were running off of diesel mostly, right? Well, diesel prices were sky high. Uh, kind of the idea of like today. Yeah. Yeah, just like today. Like today. The idea of emissions and you know, greenhouse gases and ESG kind of was just getting started. That's right, just rumbling. And so these operators kind of made an initiative to lower cost and reduce emissions at the same time. Um, And so technology existed that allowed those rigs to burn a combination or mixture of diesel part-time 
natural gas part-time, right? That's the dual. That's, That's the dual, gotcha. yep. But how do you get that from the pipeline into a mobile frack fleet, right? So um, Jim kind of led the efforts to take LNG and tanker trucks, deliver them to site, vaporize that liquid that stored at negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, vaporize that kind of using a process that can be heated with glycol or water bath or other you know ways to heat that back up and turn it back into a gas, uh, but then deliver that to that engine to then continue pumping more oil from the ground. So uh, there was a cost savings there, a lot cheaper than diesel, even with having the truck in that gas and help them also meet some ambition goals at the same time. Yep, and I think it's important. Let me just take a step back. When we talk about LNG and CNG, a lot of people associate them with the same thing. LNG, you take about 620 cubic feet of natural gas, cool it to minus 260, minus 265 degrees, and it turns into one cubic foot of LNG. Yeah. And you That's keep like it one, cold. One, one six hundred? Yes, yeah. exactly. That's exactly right. And then you keep it cold. Learn that today. And then when you, proud of me? you're like doing good. Along. I think I'm gonna make it here. Right. You, you know what? You might have a. You want to go see the folks over at Sapphire I'm just not, to talk I'm about that? We'll see if they're. Really... But then when you, so you get a lot of energy in a very small space, and then you revaporize it, like Brian was saying, and it's really one of those LNG tankers that looks like a semi truck, looks almost like a, uh, like a water tanker, for lack of a better term. But that could heat. Actually, it could take care of all the fuel, uh, natural gas needs of a house in Minnesota for, I think it's like eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. So one tanker could feed a home up there for nine or 10 years, yeah. something like that. About 10,000 gallons of LNG. Yeah. Wow. How's that for a little? Oh, it's great. So, so explain virtual. Uh, so I like the word virtual pipeline. Is that just the coin term around that solution? Yeah, I mean, I think Jim was the one I kind of learned the oh, term no. virtual pipeline from, to look be honest at, with Look you. how proud, like yeah. a proud Now, I, hey, I don't know if he holds trademark rights or what the deal is there, but uh, hopefully we've, we've been using that for a long We've been using it for a long time, but to it's jump give to the industry. Virtual pipeline is just that. It's like instead of running a steel pipe <laughs> in the ground, if somebody just needs a temporary On solution, Bring a tanker in, hook it up, let it run virtually. I mean, not virtually, but let it run for five, seven, two weeks, whatever the yep. case is. Pull it out and off to the next one. Kind of interchange that with mobile pipeline. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I've heard it that way. Yeah, mobile pipeline is probably a little bit more, especially now in the post-COVID world. When we talk about virtual, yes. everybody thinks about electronics. This is actually physically LNG being tankered in, utilized, and then tankered yeah, out. Anywhere where the infrastructure doesn't already exist or... Maybe it exists, but it's down. It's down for service. Land outage or, or, or an emergency. Right. Pigging, uh, testing of the pipes. Uh, hydro uh, test. Hydro test. Uh, right out of placement. Yep. Uh, unplanned somebody doesn't call 811 and dings a pipe, right. and all of a sudden there might be an emergency. It could be a hurricane. Uh, all those type of things, especially in the south where there's not a lot of redundant pipes where they can't backfeed another one. A lot of single strands, as we call them. And... Uh, you know, well, we could geek out all day, but I want to geek out about something because the world has changed in the last four years. Again, we were doing it very heavy in the oil fields, but then really focused on municipalities and LDCs and focused yep. on delivering to that. What type of markets have opened up now in the virtual pipeline world? Are we still doing the same with munis and utilities or is there more right now? Yeah, so still doing the same old, same old, right, with uh, feeding homes, businesses. I'm blessed to do it. Yeah, blessed to absolutely. Do it. Thank absolutely. you for your service. Yeah. yeah. But no, you're, you're right, Jim. There have been 
several applications that have popped up just within the last four years. The last thing you mentioned, you know, living on the coast, we're prone to hurricanes, right? Yep. And outages, uh, specifically with the electric grids. Yep. So one of the new technologies that have kind of popped up in the last few years uh, that is being really bought into um, is deployment of mobile turbine units. So these big turbine generators that fit on 18-wheeler semi-trailers, uh, mm-hmm. capable of basically powering the town of the woodlands. Oh, wow. Uh, trailer, that's kind of what they size them for. 30 megawatts or so um, will be deployed in an instant and, and hooked up to the electric grid that might be down because of a outage uh, at a power station. Um, and those generators are often natural gas, most commonly natural gas. You can feed those with LNG, liquefied natural gas, or compressed natural gas, and they'll put power back on the grid in those Love emergency it. scenarios. That's cool. Well, it's kind of like being a part of the green conversation, too. If if there's, I mean, I'm going to go back to the goals conversation. Like, it, it's part, I'm going to add one more thing too. Because it, it makes me think it's part of integrity management. Like, of companies are thinking now, part of that downtime is going to be standing it up. Yep. And part of, you know, it's built into plans now because it's so mature at this point. I mean, people are building this into their projects, right? Absolutely. RFIs, RFPs. These become. 100%. The way I would look at them is these become insurance policies. Yes. They're contingencies, they're insurance policies. But what we saw with the freeze here in Texas and all over the U.S. uh, two years ago made everyone realize the infrastructure we have is vulnerable. Sure. And so the cost that it takes to maybe reserve that type of service, whether it's reservation for, uh, you know, mobile pipeline, reservation for mobile turbine paired with mobile pipeline, uh, those costs are minimal uh, when compared to what can happen when you lose uh, electric service, gas service to big towns and cities. The PR there is horrible. Uh, that's a very good point, too. And, you, and when you think about it, when you say lose, uh, th- that term means that, let's just say for natural gas, natural gas stops flowing for some reason and homes go without natural gas. So they turn on the hot water and it's cold. You try to cook eggs, there's no flame. And the average relight, meaning for a technician to go into that home, is around $72 is what they figured out. So when you think about it, the cost to have a reservation as a backup plan is a lot less, not just monetarily, but also PR-wise, like yes. you said. Good point I on that. I bet that price is a little bit higher these days, too, than 72 per, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about inflation and the, the amount of protocol we have around keeping people safe now especially with covid yeah. yeah the price has to be a lot higher than that now. yeah you my price is my price goes back a few years so yeah. you're absolutely right that could be 90 dollars. could be 94 9700 yeah, this is like protecting your brand too when i think about you know you you're saying customers are going to be they're not going to be happy about it you know whatever whatever it is man yeah I, I like it. Well, and that's, that goes into like winter peak shaving. Yep. You know, we talked about that. We've done a lot of those things in the past. And that's just it. Reserving LNG, have it on hand in case it gets too cold and there's not enough pressure, mm-hmm. operating pressure, or whatever the case may be to that could drain a grid. Yeah. You know, one thing we always talk about, right, as pipeline operators, as utilities, as service companies, the safe delivery of energy, right? Well, I'm seeing a change in the way that everybody thinks the safe resilient delivery, resiliency system of of energy, right? So not only are people thinking about how to operate their system safely, but also how do I build in the maximum amount of resiliency to account for these types of uh, 
you know, outages that might occur. And I like it because it's energy, right? You're not even saying natural gas, yeah. right? Because in a lot of instances, like you said, you're powering electrical grids, you're powering, you know, a lot more than That's just right. the gas infrastructure, making sure the burner tip is lit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot more than that. So it really is providing energy. Yes. Across the board. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right, James. Hey, see, he's learning. He's picking up. We're bringing him along. Right. He's going to be a he's going to be a LNG CNG little <laughs> guru in no time. I'll tell you what, He'll honorary member. Levers, right? Oh wait, levers. yeah, that's when go. I used to get on LNG. Yeah, remember that? And the levers, everything's operated by valve. Yeah, but I. That's okay. I I probably a keyboard. Yeah, it probably is. Back from my days, Brian. Yes. What has been one of your most memorable favorite? virtual pipeline projects you've done. Mm. What's, what's stuck out in your mind as something maybe unique, something the audience will be like, had no idea we could do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, one recently that's popped up is actually getting into uh, Bitcoin mining. So, you like know, crypto. Yes. Right. Cryptocurrency. Crypto mining. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, well, those, those Bitcoin mining operations. Oh, you, man. Are you in? I'm listening. Okay. okay. You got my attention. They require a lot of power, right? That's no the doubt. main driver. You probably know a lot more about Bitcoin than I do. I am not. Gonna. But I do know they require a ton of power. So I, You know how many spam messages I'm going to get in my LinkedIn inbox now? <laughs> because of uh, Bitcoin that? mining? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. We need That's investment. Right. But you're right. They, they take a lot of Same power. Right? How much How much power are we talking? I mean, I, I view this as a laptop being set up and just hit the and button. And are you and talking uh, the casual or are we talking banks of servers, big warehouse you know data center type environment they're, they're scalable a little bit above yeah they're scalable but uh the ones i've seen you know, there's operation. banks of anywhere from 12 to 120 sure. you know mobile generators that might be uh oh, 300 of yeah. generators just to power the the, the, the actual data, data centers Wait, yeah. give us that number one more time how many so, generators between 20 and 100. we're talking like the the generators are like the eight foot by that's right three foot or larger or larger so yeah. is this uh supplemental or you're saying essentially they're running those data centers with yeah stood with up on a virtual so, or a little bit of both a little bit of both but what yeah. i what i've seen is these data centers they have to be in conspicuous areas right mm -hmm. for safety and security reasons yeah. for some of the ways that they're designed so where is that at well it's out in the middle of nowhere where infrastructure is not have a pipeline exactly right? the pipeline no line power get a electricity or something couldn't we just tap in some no just well, well see, what are we, we and we studied this jim back in the day <laughs> but i think you know talking to some of the people here recently you know, i think uh depending on the size of the pipeline obviously but uh to construct new taps and new lines somewhere in the ballpark of a million dollars to a million and a half dollars a mile yeah, that would Capital be cost. Yeah, and I'm that was one of my old costs, and I might be even up higher now with the steel. Be out in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely, there ain't no pipeline close. To no. This. Well, and and the issue is, I mean, it's almost like asphalt plants, where a lot of people don't want to put pipelines into asphalt plants because a lot of those are portable, mm -hmm. meaning they move. So uh, an operator says, "Well, you know, not going to put infrastructure. You know, because if it's only going to move, what, what's the return on investment? A lot of times." You know, services can be a thirty-year payback. So, wow, man, interesting. Are you thinking about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin <laughs> mining? About I could have a homegrown operation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking, of homegrown, speaking of homegrown, that's, Whoa, that's another transition. Another application there that is uh, fairly common is marijuana grow operations. So, 
Um, you know, when you are growing marijuana same, in states where it's legal, right? where it's legal, where it's legal, uh, you don't want to do that in the downtown area or places that can be, uh, you know, hit by crime or people. You, you want to be very conspicuous as to where you put these facilities, right? Same problem. Tons same problem. energy. Same problem. Energy, whether it's Tons electric or yeah. gas or whatever you might need to keep climate control going. Um, virtual pipeline fits that need. Oh, look Not at like, my brain right now. They, he, that, that, he, well, again, because you think about these segments of the, I mean, not our industry, the industries of the world yeah. that are behind the scenes being powered by natural gas, yep. right? With total different agendas, I'm just saying, but behind it all, the backbone is natural gas. Yeah. Well, it, it, and I know they're not all ran like that, but it is a very efficient, again, it's safe, to fit all the things we always say. Wow, and it's 91% really efficient, really Sign running natural gas generation at the at the site as opposed to running through power lines over 10, 20 that miles. That is not or what I thought you would say. I thought you were like, one time I was up there and it was snow. <laughs> there was four, 14 foot of snow on the ground. He's like, nah, I was uh, supplying natural gas to this grow shop in this town. And wow, a Bitcoin place? Wow. No, it's just crazy. I think... That's behind it. It is, yeah. Back in the heyday, we did a large project out in the, let's just call it the West Virginia area, and we, it was 1,800 MCFs, so that's 1.8 million standard cubic feet an hour for six to eight, eight to ten hours to get a coal plant running, up an electric generation coal plant. Because at that time, they were being curtailed in the winter months because if they um, fired up, there are homes and businesses in the area that could actually go offline because this plant sucks so much gas. So we uh, we did that. Brian was on site there many a time. Yeah, and you know the, what was interesting there is because it's such a critical um, operation for the power plant to always be putting power on the grid. If they ever were down, they would be fined by the JPM one to two million dollars an hour if they were not producing when called upon. Uh, yeah, so the cost, one, right? again, yeah. for that insurance policy to have a backup to ensure that you had a yeah, resiliency so plan in place. Me. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, that's but awesome. I'll blow your mind real quick because I don't, do think, it. I don't think I've told you about this yet. Oh, well, we're going to learn something. That was probably one of the bigger, if not biggest, virtual pipeline projects that we had done up to that point, about yeah. 2016. Yeah, yeah. Um, one that we did about three years ago was about five times that size. Five times portably, virtually? Yeah. I yeah. mean... What were you feeding? A power plant? Take that back. I just thought about that. Oh, he lied. I was right thinking here in terms of days and not hours. Oh. We did we did do it? one that was 10 million standard cubic foot a day for about a week. That's wow. that's a huge yeah. number. I don't even High know pressure or low pressure? High pressure. No, you know. I, he lied again? Lied on again. camera twice in a row. 10 million standard cubic foot per hour. Per hour. Which is huge. I don't even believe him. Yeah. Which is uh, five it, times. It was, about, it was about a load and a quarter of LNG, a load being a, a transport trailer, 10,000 gallons every hour for about five days. What type of pressure? That one was at about 300 PSI. That's high. That's, that's difficult because LNG is all transported. If you can transport LNG at like 10, 20 PSI, that's great. Where compressed natural gas is just that compressed and it's at 1,800, 2,000, 2,300, whatever it is. LNG, you want it low because the pressure builds when the LNG starts to heat. And when it heats, that's when the pressure builds up. So you want as low as possible. So getting up to 300, that would have been an interesting. I got to take a look at that 
see what you guys did with that. Yeah, for sure. The, the compression we were, units. Uh, we were sending gas across the, the Mexico border to a bottling facility for a favorite uh, beer of yours, probably. Again. So, really? Again. Yeah. Interesting. Just interesting. Natural uh, gas supporting like that. that again. Yeah. Wait, you, you were you on like the, beer? We were on the Maybe? U.S. side. You're on the U.S. side feeding. Could go rock and hit the uh, the river. Feeding. Wow. Yeah. See, and again, in Common there for scenes. two weeks, whatever it was, 10 days, and then out. Yeah. That's fascinating. Roll in, roll out. Fascinating. And you know, as Kaylee mentioned earlier, kind of learning a little bit about what we do, that's our goal at the end of the day is for nobody to know that we were ever there. Right. 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 If you do yours, we right. come You're in, we support, and we roll out. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's when you know it's a success, Perfect. when nobody knows. They get up in the morning. What? We had an outage? The water. The water's hot, the eggs are being cooked, there's heat in the house if you need it, away you go. Yep. Electricity being generated Fantastic, by sir. natural gas. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Man, I learned a lot today. <laughs> you two are, I knew it would be like this, though. It took me about six oh, months to pick up on what you picked up on, James. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> but I'm excited about it, and I know there's some other people out there that are geeking out just like Well, it, once, once and it there's a lot of people like me who yeah. are learning. Uh, I understand our segment. Um, oh, you do. But when I sit down with you, I learn, and that's why it's so important being here live, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Just being here live allows us to tap into that metaphorically and literally. I love it. I love it. Are you ready to wrap up? You know what we should ask you? Yeah, ask him. Uh -oh, yeah, do it. Wait, were you? I can't remember. Were you on at EWNCon? Did we grab you? No. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was at EWNCon. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't track him down. No, so we couldn't. He was, he was always selling LNG. Uh, yeah. All right, you ready? This is on the fly on the spot. Okay. Shoot from the hip. All right. What does Be Brave mean to you? That was our campaign. For yep. those that don't know, that we launched at EWNCon. Yeah. What does Be Brave mean to Brian? It's funny. The first thing that popped in my head was a book that we had to recently read for some strategic planning had meetings. To. And that book was What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Absolutely. Um, and so when I think Be Brave, it's, it's feel free to step out of your comfort zone. Be brave about it okay. because you always should be progressing, right? Whether that's in business, that's in your personal relationships, that's in your walk with the Lord, that's in anything, right? Okay. Always progress. Be brave. Don't be scared. Beautiful answer. Love Absolutely it. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, it's good to be back with yes, you, sir. man. Thank you. Always, brother. Good Always good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Now we're going to geek out on some more LNG stuff. Being live. Yeah, let's, go, let's, go, let's go mine some Bitcoin. Show. Let's go mine some oh, Bitcoin. Man. I just want to get some tankers. Hey, I've been in LNG since 2008. Oh, I can't get out by now. All right, you guys go do that. Listen, thanks for joining us on this episode of Coffee Jim and James. Please, if you want to, look up Brian. He's a wealth of information. Uh, until next week, a Coffee Jim and James, stay safe. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Take care.